one hour from now, the two-minute drill. We rip through our favorite college football plays of the weekend, as well as our NFL pass receiving and rushing leaders, our favorite money line dogs, and some of our favorite props as well. Lightning bets before we wrap things up and top of the next hour. So 40 minutes from now, we take a look at those big primetime games. Chiefs backers on Sunday night and Bengals Jags on Monday night. Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski. Thanks for joining us live coast to coast on the BetQL network here on BetQL Daily with my friends Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth. We've got you covered as we continue to roll through week 13 of the NFL slate. Just got done talking to John Daigle. Of course, you know that'll be a part of the podcast later, which you can get inside your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll get Daigle posted in just a little bit. But he had some interesting takes on that Broncos-Texans game, which we'll get to momentarily. But Dolphins, Commanders, oi, nine and a half Miami is laying. Washington, big home dogs, total 49 and a half. We're talking about one of the worst pass defenses in the league against Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungavailoa, and Tyreek Hill. Ed, nine and a half is a big fat number, but... I don't think it's big enough. <sighs> I'm in this sort of conflict where my model is actually telling me to back Washington here, that it's just too big of a number. At the same time, though, Chris, I'm with you. Like, intuitively, this should be fairly easy to cover just because this offense is sensational. Like, what they did at the start of the year and in spurts in the middle of the year against weaker defenses, we remember that. And I think in terms of association, we figure, okay, if the Dolphins could could do that against weak competition, certainly they can hang a bunch of points against Washington, right? Certainly Sam Howell has no way of keeping up in a situation like this, right? Well, I have some questions about this Dolphins offense in the here and the now. And I get Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert return to practice, and they're coming off of this quote-unquote mini-buy. Uh, although, is it really a mini-buy if you played on Friday instead of Thursday? Like, do we still call that a mini-buy? Because it's like two extra days? Kind Close. of, sort of? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. A, a mini-mini-buy. Half, half, let's, let's half of a mini-buy. Yeah. 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 Half of a mini-buy. I, I like that. You know, it rolls off the tongue. Um, but <laughs> my thing, though, is like, I think for this Dolphins offense to be truly dynamic and truly reaching its fullest potential, Devon Achan needs to be out there. And one of the things that we've noticed is that, yeah, phenomenal and outside runs, perhaps the best to do it right now. But the problem is, like, with that knee issue, the Dolphins have been a good bit more cautious than maybe they would be in other situations. And this is not a game where the Dolphins absolutely positively have to beat Washington. There are no tiebreakers involved or anything like that. The division's largely in hand. Uh, perhaps they can still get that one seed, which is oh so important. But I look at this and go, I'm not sure if they're going to roll out everybody they need to for this offense to reach its utmost potential. And when you look at what the Dolphins have done offensively since week seven, which does include that Eagles game, they're 11th completion percentage over expected. They're outside the top 10 in passer rating. They're 10th in yards per attempt at 7.2. And while I do love this Dolphins off uh, defense, because it is improving, it is evolving, all that good stuff, and Sam Howell just takes way too many gosh darn sacks, I think the play is the under 49 and a half. I do wonder if the market ultimately makes those corrections to say, yeah, the Dolphins offense is good, 
but it's not what it was at the start of the year. And I think this might be the last chance for us to capitalize on this sort of market lag, so to speak. So in terms of a side, I don't have a play, but I do think the under could cash here, Aaron. Hmm. Yeah, I I just worry about this commander's defense. It's so bad. I mean, the pass protection is horrendous. Commanders are so bad at home. Miami has a hard time beating good teams with winning records, but the commanders, I mean, they're just awful right now. I mean, they're looking to rebuild. Uh, I think they're already looking ahead as we speak to that. So I just think this is going to be a mm-hmm. lopsided affair. Tyreek, oh my gosh, his receiving yards prop. 97 and a half that's insane but the dude's gone over that like six or seven times this season when he's gone under it's against much better competition and i think in this situation with the commander's defense playing the way it is he's gonna have a day so i I, not only do i like the dolphin side but i also like tyreek over 97 and a half eight wins for the dolphins all of them have come against teams with losing records only three of them have been one-score victories. Five of them, they've been able to to run up the margin. Um, the best case, obviously, week three against the Broncos, who <laughs> are traveling to Houston. Denver getting three on the road. The Broncos are putting something together. The defense has been a big part of that, but Russell Wilson is starting to cook, question mark, I think. Um, 47 and a half, the total on this one. I lean Houston on this one. I think they cover the three, but I don't know if that I, – I said I think they cover the three. That's just a, a preliminary lean here. Like, as as John Daigle pointed out, there are some injury question marks that are big for Houston and the weapons that C.J. Stroud has at his disposal. I'm a believer in Stroud, Ed, but if he's without some of these weapons, if there is no Tank Dell, it sounds like he'll play now, but – if there is no Dalton Schultz, um, are they going to be able to run against the Broncos? I don't want to put too much of this on C.J. Stroud's shoulders. I wouldn't either, and I completely have the same vibe when it comes to hesitantly backing the Texans here. And it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily because I'm a Denver believer, but as I mentioned at the start of the week, I have Broncos phobia right now because something is going on with them where they are playing really, really well, getting takeaways, all of those things, yet you do a deep dive in the numbers and you go, it's still not that impressive. Somehow they're finding ways to win ball games when they couldn't at the start of the year and perhaps getting demolished, things like that. But for some reason, Denver is staying in this stuff. And at the same time, like I'm a believer in CJ Stroud. I'm a believer that he can find a target and that target can go over 100 receiving yards. Who it is, I'm not exactly sure. And oftentimes I think with betting a game like this, maybe you just have to guess a little bit and figure out where that alt receiving yard number can come from. And that's probably the bigger play for me. But as far as a side is concerned, I think this is something where Russell Wilson could very well keep up. And one of the reasons is like, even if Houston is off to this big lead, Russell Wilson is third among qualified quarterbacks in passer rating on throws beyond 10 air yards. Now, he doesn't do it all that often, but when you've got a hot shot receiver like Cortland Sutton, you can get those intermediate and deep throws to work, especially in the red zone. So even though the Broncos offense is probably more designed for the short game, they can do the intermediate game and the deep game. So the Broncos can certainly keep up. This can be a close, exciting game. I might lean the over here if for no other reason I trust Houston's offense 
and Denver might find ways to keep up. And yeah, it is a larger number at 47 and a half, but this is an indoor game. So I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a track meet, Aaron. Yeah, so I love the Texans, as you guys know, but I don't think this is the spot. I like the points with the Broncos, and I might even consider Broncos' money line here. They are mm. on to something. They're getting a lot of turnovers. I think they've turned things around. I could also see this being like a one-point game or even, wait for it, will there be overtime? Yes, at 13 to one. Couldn't you see this wow. game, the game that might go to overtime? That's what a shot. 13. That is, that is, that is a swing from the heels going for the, <laughs> at, a, at, a, at what looks like a big meatball down the middle that of the plate. still in the could, air. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> they, I, I like Cortland Sutton props in this game too. Uh, a Texas kid coming back home to play in Houston. Um, he is really sh- balled out as of late. I mean, w- w- I think touchdowns in, I want to say five of the last six games. Um, so I, I like Cortland Sutton props, maybe an anytime TD for Cortland Sutton. I think that's an opportunity. And you make a good point about the over as well, Ed. I, I think this 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 might end up being sneakily one of the more entertaining games of the week, Denver and Houston. Yeah. So um, what will not be, I can almost guarantee one of the more entertaining games of the week, the Carolina Panthers are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, contractually, we are obligated to speak about this game. Uh, <laughs> Panthers getting five and a half at Tampa. The Buccaneers, inconsistent is the word. Um, this is... Huh, the NFC South, Ed, I don't Five and a half is not enough, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know if there's the new coach bounce here, maybe, for the Panthers. But I don't, I don't, th- I don't like any sides, totals. Like, I, 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 I just don't <laughs> like this game, period. Like, there's nothing about this game that's attractive to me. Unfortunately, this isn't college where the NCAA can vacate it and then we never actually see what occurs or some sort of vacating process where we have to pretend it never happened. Unfortunately, that can occur. There will be records of this. There will be videotapes somewhere out there saying, yes, the Panthers and Buccaneers played a December football game and maybe there were fans in attendance. I don't know. (laughs) I do have one bet, though. And I think I can convince you to take this one because you're absolutely right. Like, what are we supposed to think of a potential head coach bump? I don't know. I mean, it looked pretty dysfunctional to begin with. So if Frank Reich truly is his quarterback whisperer, he's not there anymore. Is suddenly this offense going to click? Well, it doesn't make Bryce Young any taller to look over his offensive line. Doesn't make the wide receivers any healthier and more agile. Like all those intrinsic things don't change just because Reich is gone. I also think, too, that this Panthers defense, it's also going to struggle a great deal. So that's also a problem. I think it's an overlooked problem as well. We're focused so much on the Panthers' offensive woes. I think the defense is also struggling a good bit, in part because of injuries and just mismanagement and things like that. I wonder if this is a good bounce-back spot for Tampa Bay's offense to shine. Because I do think that Baker Mayfield can play well under pressure. He can play well in terms of those intermediate and deep balls to Mike Evans. And I think the over team total 20 and a half is a really good look. Hmm. Well, we may be contractually obligated to talk about this game, but that doesn't mean we have to bet it. 
for me, I'm just <laughs> hoping for maybe some type of boost in a one game situation with the Panthers and maybe little Panthers money line at plus 205. But honestly, I'm staying away from this game. I want nothing to do with it. That's that's not is a terrible possible? theory, though. I mean, because Tampa's been a disaster. That... Yeah, it has been. I wonder if, like, if this number moves to six and maybe there's a teaser opportunity or if it gets to six and yeah. a half or something like that, maybe there's yeah. a teaser opportunity because these teams, like, know each other fairly well. Like, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay should win the game, right? Like, they're in contention for the division. But maybe that's the play is just to wait a little bit and see if uh, the number is something that's a little bit more attractive to pair with something else. Yeah. The Bucks have just <laughs> been unreliable as well. So for me, I'm I'm taking a flyer on Panthers to create some chaos in a one-game situation or I, I'm out on it. Yeah. They've lost six out of their last seven and they're still a one-game back in the division. Ah, oh, the so NFC gross. South. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a disaster. Um, we will get into those college conference championship games. Like I said, a little less than an hour from now, primetime games at the top of the hour as well. And Aaron, we, we have to talk about, you, you had an issue at home last night and I'm so glad you, you brought this up. You, <laughs> you're stashing the Christmas presents for your daughter in that room where you work in your office. And she just let herself in, and she she found the stash. Now what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I was upstairs in the kitchen. All of a sudden, she comes up with a box, unopened box of toys. And I'm like, oh, no, she found the stash. Way to go. Only two years old. I didn't think we'd be... You know, I underestimated her, so that's my bad, really. I, I should have had those wrapped. <laughs> and hidden in a closet that she could not open the door to. I really didn't think that she would get in here. She, you know, we, we as humans want what we can't have. There's a lot Uh of things I don't want her touching in here. My microphone, my laptop, little, little knickknacks and things. So I try to keep this door shut. And that's why I thought this was safe to keep the presence in here. But, uh, you know, she found it. She's really happy, though, so I guess that's all that matters. She got a Christmas <laughs> present early. She got an early <laughs> present. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll, nev- I'll never forget the, the time I found the stash under my parents' bed. They had a couple things hidden under there, and I saw a present. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a Nintendo game or something, and I was super excited because I thought I was going to get it, and then I didn't get it because they had bought it for like my <gasps> cousin. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the worst. Oh, and then no. you're jealous of the cousin. You're like, I yeah. have the son. Why is my cousin getting better presents than me? This is crap. Right. Why did he get the Nintendo game? I wanted the Nintendo right. game. Yeah. Well, that explains the issues between You've never me let and the it fam, go. I guess. I haven't let it go. <laughs> I still resent <laughs> I still resent my poor cousin Brent. Uh shout out Woodlawn High. Uh, told make a lot of money. Me some bad <laughs> news about Santa, so I'm with you. Coming up next, Miles Garrett, and he's facing Aaron Donald in the Rams. Do we focus on defense in that one? And the game of the week, Niners-Eagles. Dive into both of them next, right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.